This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I love my city. We were serving in South Bay. We were serving in Venice Beach, West Hollywood, Mid-City, and downtown Los Angeles. Can you put your hands together for everybody that was out serving our city, loving our community, and... Um, you just got to know, if you come to our church, we are about Los Angeles. We're going to serve our city and love our city. We're going to root for the Dodgers. We're going to bless the Lakers. We're going to root for the Rams. That was more of a faith statement. I don't know if it's actually true. Just trying to get there. But um, nothing like some Angelinos and uh, helping serve and love our city. I want to say thank you for being such a generous community and serving so tenaciously, loving people, not just on Saturdays for I Love My City, but everywhere we go, everyone we interact with. I was talking to somebody yesterday, I went, went to a restaurant and I saw uh, some friends and they were saying, you know, everywhere we go in Los Angeles, we run into Zoe people. And they said, I gotta tell you, they, this is their words, they say, you have the best people at Zoe Church. And I said, yeah, we do. We got the best people. Zoe people are so kind, so generous, so loving, so accepting. Put your hands together for every person that is living in this city, helping make a difference. Come on. We're not living event to event, but come on every day, just putting our, our, our faith to our feet and walking this thing out. Amen? Are you well today? Just let me see your hand if you've had a cup of coffee. Let me just see your hand if you had a cup of coffee. Amen. Two, two cups of coffee. Let me just see your hand. These are all spirit-filled believers right there that raise their hand. I trust people that drink coffee. I just feel they're trustworthy. Amen. Do you love Zoe coffee? Is Jason Betts in this service? Where's Jason Betts? Is he in this service? Our coffee team, they're pro he's in the back there. Everybody look back here at this man of God right here. Put your hand up again, Jason. This is the man that is responsible for the greatest coffee in church history. Zoe coffee. I've already had three cups from our church. I feel the Holy Ghost or something. Amen. John chapter 9. Go there in your Bible. John chapter 9. And let's jump into today's reading. John chapter 9. And uh, if you're new to our church, we are starting a brand new series. This is just our second installment of a new series called The Face of Grace. And we're talking about grace as a church and as a community. We believe that grace is not a principle, but grace is a person. Grace has a name, and his name is Jesus. Grace has a face, and the face of grace is none other than Jesus himself. And we believe that grace can do for you what you can't do for yourself. We believe that grace is for you and not against you. We believe that the grace of God is on your life. It's on your home. It's on your business. It's working in you and through you. Anybody thankful for grace today? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Come on, anybody thankful for grace today? Grace, by definition, grace is undeserved blessing and it's unmerited favor. And we're believing that in your life, you will experience some of that unmerited favor, some of that undeserved blessing that God will be better to you than you deserve. God will be better to you than you ask. God will be better to you than you ever imagined. We're just believing that as we go through the series that we'll have an understanding, even a revelation of what grace is in our life. Somebody say amen. 
This is John chapter 9. Now, John is writing in his account. He's going to give us seven accounts of where Jesus reveals his glory. This is the sixth account, the sixth time that Jesus has revealed his power. He's walking by a city and he encounters a man with a condition. Let's read together here in John chapter 9, verse number 1. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, Who sinned here, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Therefore the neighbors and those who had previously had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is this not the one who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, no, he looks like him. He said, don't you worry about it. I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Then they said to him, where is this man? And he said, I do not know. Come on, anybody believe today that our God, Jesus Christ, is a healing God? Come on, anybody have faith today that Jesus can restore anything that's broken? Come on, anything that's sick. I want to tell you, Jesus has power over cancer. Jesus has power over sickness. Jesus has power over addiction. Jesus has power over depression. Jesus has power over the Los Angeles angels. He's given it to the Dodgers. Somebody say amen. Jesus is a healing God. I want to preach a message. You write down the title of today's talk. It's called, I Once was blind. I once was blind. I don't know if you ever heard that old song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. What did that old hymn say? I once was lost, but now I'm what? I once was blind, but now I can see. I'm believing today. This story is really twofold. It's a story about Jesus healing a man with physical blindness, but later in the story, he heals spiritual blindness. I don't know what kind of blindness you walked in with today, what issues you walked into church, but I'm believing that whatever the case may be, Jesus is going to open our eyes so we can see him at work. He's going to open our eyes so we can see him for who he is, and when we leave this place, we're going to leave better than we came. Anybody agree with that? I believe you're going to walk out today with your head high, feeling like God is for me. Who can be against me? I believe you're going to have confidence going into the 4th of July, holding that Roman candle, firing it off, eating that barbecue in the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on, let's pray and let's believe together. Father, thank you so much for a day like today where we can come into church and be strengthened and be encouraged. We're believing today that you'll open up our eyes so we can see your son, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit, do something unique and profound, do something specific for us. We love you more than life itself. God, we are thanking you for all of your goodness, all of your blessing, all of your love in our life. We don't deserve it and we have haven't earned it, so we say,
say yes and amen. And God, we are praying as a community that you'll bless the Los Angeles Dodgers and we will win the World Series for your glory and your name. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, that's the worst amen I've ever heard in my life. Come on, give me a little bit more faith than that. And we all said together, come on, one more time, let's put our hands together and let's thank God for who he is today. Come on, get a little bit more faith than that. Amen and amen. Um, anyone, by show of hands, you have to wear glasses or wear contacts. You have issues with your eyes. Let me just see your hand. If you have to wear contacts or wear glasses, okay? A lot of people, uh, I wear glasses. A lot of people uh, will come up to me and they say, um, are, are your glasses real? Are those real? Are those for fashion or are they real? And I'm like, why don't you try them on? Oh, my God, you're blind. You're blind. Like, thank you. These are not for fashion. I can't see, okay? I remember when this first started happening in my life, like when I first discovered I couldn't see, I wanted to be a basketball player so bad, but I couldn't hit a shot to save my soul. So I was like, Dad, something's wrong with my eyes. My dad's like, no, something's wrong with your jump shot. So he takes me to the doctor. I get a prescription. I say, I always panic when I take an eye test. I always feel like lying. Anybody else? Like they start saying, what, what, what do you see on the bottom line? I start just saying stuff with confidence. O-F-T-N-Z. The guy's like, no, wrong. Oh, sorry. But I, I, I remember going in, I took the eye, uh, the, the, eye con, uh, the exam and the whole thing, and I, I, got, I got glasses and I got contacts. First time I tried to wear contacts in a basketball game, I was running down the court, I was a minute into the game, and these things were so itchy and so bothersome and just they wouldn't stay on. I remember I'm running down the court and I was just like, I'm not going to be able to play this basketball game with contacts. So I ripped the contacts running down the court out of my eye. I could hear my dad from the stands that just purchased them. He's yelling my last name, his last name. It's like, he's so mad. I'm just like, I can't, I just, I'd rather play blind. I can't, I can't see. Last night I was sitting and getting ready for today's message. And I was at this spot. It's kind of dark and the lights are kind of low and I'm, I can see up close. So I take my glasses off to work my computer and I'm sitting there studying and getting ready for today. And as I'm studying, getting ready for today, this girl walks by and, 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 and she says my name. She says, Chad, is that you? And, but now I could see my computer, but I can't see past my computer. So I don't have my glasses on. So I'm like, is that you? I'm like, oh, it's, oh my gosh. But I, I don't know this. I've only met this person one time. So I don't really know. I don't know their name. I don't know where they're from. I can't like, I'm just like, oh, man, man. Put my glasses on. I'm like, oh, this person I don't really know that well. How you been? It's good to see you. You ever just call a person you, man, bro, dude? Like I just, I just, I couldn't see. I want to talk today about our God, his passion for him to get in your world and open your eyes. All the devil wants to do is he wants to blind you from seeing the hand of God at work. He wants to blind you in your own sin. He wants to blind you to see that your, your life and your circumstance, it's worse than you can imagine. It's worse than you were, you were dealt bad cards. The devil wants to blind you, but God wants to open your eyes. He wants to give you vision for the future. He wants to give you vision so you can see what he's doing. He wants to give you vision so you can, you can see the hand of God on your world. Anybody thankful today? That all oh, the devil comes to attack. Greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Come on, anybody thankful today that Jesus is opening our eyes so we can see his hand at work. Oh, I love this story. Jesus is walking by. He's got his holy helper disciples. He's walking by. And the Bible says that, that it's not Jesus that stops. It's really his disciples. And they stop him and they say, um, 
Teacher, Master, Lord God, uh, Jesus, um, tell us who, um, who did this one, huh? Who's guilty? Was it, was it his parents that sinned that caused this blindness? Or, or perhaps, Master, was it his own sin? Did he do something that deserved this punishment? Man always tries to find a reason why people are in the predicament. Oh, I'll tell you why so-and-so has so many problems. It's because they do this, that, and the other. Oh, I'll tell you why they're always struggling financially. It's because this. Don't ever try and figure out someone else's problems. Watch what Grace never stops to try and figure out problems. Grace just starts working on the solution. Grace just starts right away saying, I'm going to help solve this. I'm going to help. Watch what Jesus says. He said, don't, you're asking the wrong question. He said, it doesn't work. don't worry about the parents or the person. He said, this is an opportunity for God to get the glory. This problem right here, it will serve a purpose. Can you write down point number one today? Your problem serves a purpose. Your problem, it serves a purpose. I don't know what your problem is today, but can I encourage you? Your problem is working on your behalf. Your problem is doing more for you than you realize. Your problem, it is serving a purpose. There's a purpose for your problem. You might have a problem, more money, more problems. You might have a problem, but your problem is actually work. Can I just encourage you today? If you didn't have your problem, you wouldn't have such a, such a compassion. If you didn't have your problem, you wouldn't walk with such a humility. If you didn't have your problem, you wouldn't need Jesus as much as you do. If you didn't have your problem, you wouldn't be so relatable. If you didn't have your problem, you wouldn't have compassion on others the way you feel compassion. Anybody thankful today that you're not living a perfect life, but you actually have some problems and you've got some pain? Come on, am I preaching to anybody today who knows what it means to cry, who knows what it means to feel something? Many of you know the story of my wife and I and our five-year-old daughter, Georgia. And if you don't know our our story, we have a five-year-old her name is Georgia, and she was, she was born with a rare medical condition. It, 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 doctors say it's called lysencephaly. Her, her brain just never formed. Now, I will tell you that I wouldn't wish what she has on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish the, the sleepless nights and the trips to the hospital and the, the, the battling with insurance and all of this, that, and the other and the heartache that it's caused our home. But I can tell you today with a clear conscience, that thing is the best thing that's happened to me. I'm telling you, that thing has brought me to my knees. That thing has brought me closer to Jesus. That thing has done more for me than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. It has made me have compassion. It has made me have a voice in people's life that I never would have had an influence. It has brought me to places I never could have dreamt. It has given me a power and an authority on brokenness that I never would have had. My problem is serving a purpose in my life. What's your problem today? It's serving a purpose. What's your issue today? It's doing work in your life. I am thankful today that we've got problems because it serves purpose. Jesus looks and goes, what? Asking the wrong question. This is so that God can get the glory. God will get, listen, God is getting glory for what my daughter's facing. This is an opportunity. It's serving a purpose. Can I encourage you? Take the problem you have. The Bible says, in my weakness, his power is made perfect. Go ahead and let your problem work on your behalf. Go ahead and let your problem do something on your, in your world. There's something about letting your problem serve purpose in your life. There's something, the other day I was with some friends and we walked into this room for Make-A-Wish Foundation. We walked right in and, and it was this, this, this parents and, and, and some family and just this one uh, special needs girl. And I walked right in the room and, and I don't know what it was, but just 
special needs families now because that's my problem. I've got compassion for their problem. And so because and so, I faced that pain, I relate with that pain. And so I walked in. I just I started to cry immediately when I saw this young lady. And I couldn't. You ever just socially the ugly cry comes on you and you try and fight it so it gets uglier? I'm like, oh. Oh, oh gosh. And they're like, uh, hey, nice to meet you. And I'm like, you ever just like, I know if I say one word, I'm just, it's going to come out so bad. So I'm just like. <laughs> but so many of us, we try and focus on our problem and we lose sight of the purpose. I wonder what your world would look like if you just stopped focusing on the problem and you started thanking God for the purpose it's bringing. Well, I'm thinking of that story in Acts. Remember it says in Acts, it says Paul and Silas, they're in jail. It's midnight. They're in prison. They're behind the bars. They're, they're shackled. They're cuffed. And it says that at midnight, they're not telling God, God, get these chains off me. Or God, these bars have got to be removed. They're not even focused on their problem. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God. Come on, stop complaining about your problem. Start praising through your issue. Start thanking God in advance. Come on, everybody thankful today. Your problem serves a purpose. And come on, and praise, it will actually release the grace in your life. Oh, I love this so much because this guy could not do anything to help himself. This guy had exhausted himself. This guy, he was, he was doing everything within his power, but he couldn't heal himself. Write down point number two today. I love this about grace. Grace works best when the natural can't do anything more. Grace works the best when the natural can't do in the natural this guy couldn't do anything more to help himself can i encourage you this morning when you get to the end of yourself you get to the beginning of grace where you stop grace starts and all of a sudden grace will take your efforts and it will double down on your efforts and it will take your business farther than you could dream it will take your life farther than you can imagine grace takes what you have and it actually goes exceedingly and abundantly far above what you could ask think or imagine grace listen where the natural stops grace begins that's why we serve the god that can take the ordinary and turn it into the extraordinary we serve the god that takes the natural and he turns it into the supernatural this guy had done everything in his own efforts but grace showed up and started working overtime Remember that story about Jesus? I love this story. Jesus is preaching all day long to this hillside. He said there's 5,000 men plus the women and the children. He's preaching, and he's preaching all day long. He's preaching fire. Twitter's blowing up. Instagram, tag it, story, whatever. The whole thing's just on fire. And people are just like, Jesus, you're the best. But Jesus is preaching, and he's looking. He's like, oh, guys, we got a problem here. The crowd, the crowd looks hangry. This is a bad, this is the, this is the saying, this is the issue. You ever, you ever just see your kids, you look at them, they're like, my kids are hangry. This is, or you see your spouse get hangry. Tell the truth and shame the devil. This ever happened to you. So, so Jesus sees the crowd, they get hangry and he's like, we don't have snicker bars. What do we have? So he goes to the disciples and he's like, guys, wh what do you have? I, I really believe this about God. God will only ask you to give him what you have. This is my talent, God. This is my story. This is what's in my story. God will only ask you to present to him what is in your possession. I can't give to God what I do not have. I can only give to God what I do have. Say, so what do you guys have? They go, well, you know what, Jesus? We have in the natural, we got a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. 
Jesus is like, is it gluten-free? No, Jesus is not gluten-free. <laughs> little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. Jesus takes what they have. He gives thanks for it. And the natural stopped with just a little bit. But when the supernatural grabbed it, it fed all the men and the women and the children. And there were basketfuls of leftovers. Come on, anybody thankful today that when your natural stops, grace starts working on your behalf. Come on, anybody thankful today you're doing all you can, but grace is taking you further. I'm telling you, that's true of Zoe Church. That's true of your life. It's true of your house. It's true of your efforts. It's true of your business. Stop relying on your own strength and give grace a shot. Oh, I love this. Your problem serves a purpose. Grace starts to work, and it works best when the natural, it stops, and you can't do anything else. And then watch this. Jesus looks at the guy, he, and, and, and he brings him over, and he actually does this. Jesus, he stops, and he spits in the ground, in the dirt, and he creates some little mixture, and he puts the mud on his eyes. This is where I have an issue with Jesus, because I would have been like, Jesus, don't play that dirt stuff with me. I'm, not, I'm a clean guy, okay? He spits in the ground, makes some dirt, brings it up to the guys, touches the guys, anoints his eyes, physically touches him, and says, I want you to go down to the waters of, did you notice? The river which was called Salome, translated sent. It's interesting to me that the sent one, Jesus, is sending him. He's sending him to go do something, isn't he? He's saying, you know what? The easy way is just to fix you with one word, but let's test your faith. Let's see if you really believe that I'm the answer. Let's see if you really believe that I'm not just Savior, but if I'm Lord. He says, go down to the rivers down here of Salome, and there you will be cleansed. The Bible says that he hears what Jesus says. He goes down to wash the dirt off his eyes. It says when he washes, he comes back, and then he could see. Write down point number three. The blessing is not in hearing the voice of grace, the, the, but in obeying the voice of grace. The blessing doesn't come in hearing the voice of grace. The blessing comes in obeying the voice of grace. I wonder who's here today that you've been stuck in your life because you're just satisfied with hearing what God wants you to do, but you haven't stepped out to do what God wants you to do. I wonder how many of us today, you've got mud on your eyes and you're so close to your breakthrough, you're so close to your miracle, but grace can't work with disobedience. Grace can't work where you and I don't do what he says. Jesus says that they will know that we are disciples of him, not just by loving him, but by obeying his commandments. This man would have never been healed if he just would have stood there and gone like, oh man, I met Jesus today and I got mud on my face, I got mud on my eye. Hey, hey, mom, mom, you see the mud? I met Jesus, Jesus, I went to the church. I got mud on my eyes. Hey, yo, 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 Rick, get over here. You see the mud on my eyes? Met Jesus. I got mud on my eyes, man. I got mud. I'm so happy with my mud. No, no. This guy was not satisfied with a word from God. He was satisfied with obeying God. He said, I know if I want to get grace working in my life, if I want to activate grace in my life, I got to do what God says for me to do. I wonder who I'm preaching to today that some people are stuck in the mud because we haven't stepped up and done what God has asked us to do. There's something about obeying what God wants you to do. Stop living a life that is satisfied just with the commandment or hearing what grace says. Let's step out and let's do what grace says. I believe the blessing is not on the front side, but the blessing, it's on the back side. It's on the, the back side of obedience. It's on the other side of stepping up to do what God has called you to do. I was thinking about this story and 
No, I'm, I'm looking over here. Roman is over here in this section right here. Roman helps us with our creative, and his, his wife runs our college, and he's just an unbelievable guy and good friend of ours, known him for a long time. And he was telling me this story this last week, and he was telling me how a couple years ago, him and I were on, were on the tarmac. We are getting ready to fly to South Africa. We're getting ready to take off, and right as we're getting ready to take off, I, my wife and I had felt, we just felt, you know what, I don't know why, but we feel like God's, God's asking us to bless Roman and Erica, just bless them financially, just take care of them, and so, I, I, you know, whenever, whenever this happens, I always look at my boss and say, how much? You know, I don't, I don't have a figure, she has a figure, she hears from God, so, so I just, I, I, I'd say, you know, how much, and she's, you know, this amount, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too, I don't have an opinion, so, so. So whatever the boss says. So I so we, you know, so we're getting ready to take off, and I just felt I felt do it now. You got to do it right now. So so I get on you know the app and send the money and all that, and he, he's sitting right there, and and he he told me he reminded me of the story this week. He said, you know what's so crazy about that? He said I had we were down to our last dollar, just moved to Los Angeles. We were down to no money. We didn't have any money, and and he goes he was walking out of this grocery store, and he felt like grace talked, felt like Jesus spoke to him, and said I know you don't have a lot of money, but give the last of your money to this homeless person right here. Sometimes God will talk to you and be like, that is not Jesus. No, it's not. <laughs> he felt like he heard that voice and he's like, but, but you know, when, when God talks to you, it's undeniable, isn't it? He knew it was God. So he go, oh, God, we don't, this doesn't make sense in the natural, but okay. So he walks over and he, and he gives this woman the money. I, can I just take a liberty here? I wonder if God would have been talking to my wife and I about blessing them if he hadn't obeyed what God told him to do. The blessing is not in hearing the voice of God. The blessing is in obeying the voice of God. I wonder how many of us are living lives just excited that we got mud on our eyes. Oh, man, Jesus has called me. I got mud on my eyes. This is so exciting. I've got mud. I met him. Huh? He's all, face of grace. Can't see him, but no, come on. I, I believe that our church, we're going down to obedience. Listen, you will never see miraculous things until you step out and do ridiculous things. Come on, anybody down to obey the voice of grace. Come on, get the blessing of voice of grace. Come on, somebody thank God today that God is talking. God is moving. God is strategic. God knows what he wants for your life. So this guy, he, 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 he comes back from the water, and he gets healed, and he comes back, and everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is, is that the dude that was blind? And some people, you ever be somewhere socially, and you think you see somebody, but you don't know, and so you keep on creeping around like, I don't know, that, that nose is different than the nose I know. Like, I don't know if that's them. Is that them? Is that you look on Instagram? Is that them? Is that them? I don't know. Let's go down two years through their photos. Is that them? Is that them? Is that them? Is that? No, that's not them. They changed a lot of that is. But, but is that the guy? Some people are like, no, that's not the dude other people are like that's for sure the dude he walks up and he's like I'm the guy it's me the beggar you walk by every day I recognize some of y'all voices I got an issue with some of you people He's like, I'm the guy. Now, the religious people of the day are so upset. And watch this. This is such religious people. The religious folks of the day, the people that follow, follow the law, watch their issue. They go, are you serious? They can't even see the miracle. All they want to do is tie it to it being done on the Sabbath day. 
Because religious people are always looking in the nitty gritty and the details that are not important at all. How come you got this? And how come you do that? And how come you hang out with so-and-so? And how come you got this on your body and da-da-da? But come on, you missed the fact that the Messiah walked by and a miracle just happened and somebody that was blind just got their sight. Come on, anybody thankful today that we're not missing on the fact that the Messiah is in this church today and miracles are happening in this place and people are getting their sight this morning in Jesus' name. No, I love this so much because the religious people are like, he broke the law. It's Sabbath day. This is not cool. Guys, I do not like this. And they're so upset and they hang it on the Sabbath day. Now watch what they do. Now they had already made a pact. They had made a decision that anybody that believed in this Jesus, this prophet, this Messiah, this guy who had not yet died for the sins of the world, they made a pact that if anybody was a follower of Jesus, they would be kicked out of the synagogue. This is where, in fact, where we get the divide of synagogue and church. That the synagogues were a place where the religious people, they dwelt and they dominated, but churches actually became a, a safe haven for Christian believers. They, 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 they make this pack, and so they go t- to the boy, and they start interviewing him. They're like, was it, who, who did this? What was his name? Where, where is he? Tell me more about it. So they, they, they start examining him. They go to the parents. They go, is this your son? Is this your kid? Now, the parents are so afraid of church folk and church people that watch what they do. They skirt the answer because they're afraid of being banished from the synagogue. They're not telling the truth. They're afraid. So they keep on going back and forth to the kid, to the crowd, to the parents, to the kid, to the crowd, to the parents. Finally, the kid steps up in verse 25. Watch what he says to the religious leaders of this day. This is fascinating. He answered and said to them, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. One thing I know. Listen, he's saying, all I know is all I know. Can you write that down? Point number four today. All I know is all I know. I don't know all the theology. I don't know the hermeneutics. I don't know the Pentateuch. I don't know the law. I, can't, I don't know all the Hillsong lyrics. I don't know when we're supposed to stand up and sit down. I don't really know what to do during the two minutes, so I just sit down. I, I don't know everything. I don't know everybody. I don't know if I'm going to conference. All I know is I was a mess and Jesus saved me. All I know is I was blind, but now I can see. All I know, I was dead and now I'm alive. All I know, I'm lost, but now I'm found. Come on, somebody praise God today that we're a part of a church that says all I know is all I know. Jesus saved me. Jesus healed me. Jesus lifted me up. Jesus took me to new places. Come on, you can give God a praise break today. If you're thankful this morning that grace did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Come on, I need a witness in this place this morning. If you're grateful for the face of grace, all I know is all I know. It's grace. He's saying, guys, just enough with the examination. One thing I know, I used to be blind, but now I see. Whatever that guy is, I'm with him. Just pray that we have the type of church that you don't have to try and be so Christian and so holy and so cute and so stuffy and so religious that there's some people in this place today that they would be dead if it were not for grace. They would be lost for the rest of their life if it wasn't for grace. And there's a church that's emerging in this place that's just all I know. All I know is Jesus. All I'm praising is Jesus. All I'm talking about is Jesus. All that's coming out of my life is Jesus. I only know Jesus. May we be a church that says it's all about Christ crucified. It's not about all the other stuff. It's about one thing I know. One thing I know. My marriage was a mess, and Jesus got a hold of our lives. 
One thing I know, I was addicted and depressed. And Jesus got a hold of my life. All I know is I was in the midst of the worst season of my life and grace came near. And when I saw him, it's the only, it's the only thing I know. Come on, am I thankful today that that's how it starts? But I pray that that's how it finishes. Anybody want to know Christ crucified? I just, I know this is a real word for our church. And please hear me, if Zoe is your church, we are an all I know is all I know type of church. That we are not going to get into some facets and trends and all these other parts of Christianity as much as Jesus is the big deal. Jesus is the main character. This is not about us. It's all about him. It's all about grace. It's all about forgiveness. It's all about acceptance. It's all about the love of God. That I didn't find God. God found me. And all I know, this, this, let me just tell you my story. All I know is I was 16 years old. I was on the 300 level of the kingdom. I had been to every camp, every conference. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in this thing. But for some reason that day, all I know is he touched my heart. And I've never been the same. And I've never looked back. That's all I know. All I know is this. Jesus is amazing. Jesus saved me. Jesus changed me. Jesus is at work. He's the face of grace. I was so blind, but now I can see. Then I made the decision to obey him and follow him. This is so powerful. And you have to understand this because these religious leaders are so irate, aren't they? And, 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 and they're like, well, well, you know, you're this and you're that. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're battling back and forth with this guy. And he starts to get, if I can use the word cheeky, because it's such a dope word, cheeky. <laughs> and he gets cheeky with these guys, huh? Great word usage. And he's, these guys are so mad. And he goes, huh, why are you guys asking so many questions? Do you want to be a follower of him too? And they get so irate. And they're like, No. We're followers of Moses. But this guy was saying, he, what is he saying? He's saying, guys, I'm, I already drew a line in the sand. I'm in this camp. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Jesus guy. Worship team, you can come join me. But we're making the decision when our eyes get open, we don't just have open eyes. We have open hearts and we want to follow him. Can you write down the last point of today? That literally when grace opens our eyes, I want to follow him. This is so fantastic because what's happening here is the religious leaders are saying we, are, we would rather follow Moses and we would rather follow the, the, the lifestyle of legalism. Legalism, and to be legalistic, is to literally put all of the emphasis and the effort on morals. And to say, you know what, I would rather bank on me and me following what the law says than to follow Jesus. But to be a follower of Jesus is to say, I never could amount, I could never add up to what the law says, and so I'm gonna make my faith all about the one that fulfilled the law and died on the cross for my sins. And when you make that decision, you're saying, I'm leaving legalism and I'm a follower of grace. It's happening in real time, isn't it? It's happening in real time. This boy that used to stand begging for their attention, he went down to the waters of Siloam. He came back seeing, and these guys, they're so upset, aren't they? They're looking at this guy. You know what they say to him? They go, how dare you? You were born in sin. You were born blind. Who are you to try and correct us? And he's going, guys, listen, 
I may not know anything, but one thing I know, I used to be blind, but earlier today I got my sight. So you can follow Moses all you want, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, I'm going to follow Jesus. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that says I once was blind, but now I can see? Come on, anybody down to follow Jesus? No, and I don't believe, I don't believe that Jesus opens our eyes so we can just walk around like the colors and the people and creation I can see. But he opens our eyes so we can see him. He opens our eyes so we can see his beauty and his majesty and his radiance and his glory in his hand. We can see, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Chad, is that you? And I'm like, who's this, huh? I wonder how many times Jesus is coming in your world and he's calling your name, but you can't see him because you're in sin and you're in doubt and you're feeling so condemned and shamed. And grace washes it away and says, no, I'm here with my arms stretched wide. And I want to embrace you and love you. I want to equip you and help you. I want to take away all of the blindness that the enemy has been putting in your eyes. And I want to wipe it away so you can see grace. Come on, are you grateful for grace today? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's thank Jesus for being who he is. Come on, it was true for that man, and it's true for us today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.